1: This is Chris Gunty, Associate Publisher and Editor of the Catholic Review, and with us today on Catholic Review Radio is a repeat guest. We first talked to Daniel Markham in December of 2021 when he was on an ambitious mission to attend Mass in all 50 states, plus the District of Columbia and Puerto Rico. His book about that project now called 52 Masses, A Journey to Experience Catholicism Across America, was recently published by Peregrino Press. And of course, the name Peregrino means pilgrim, so it's pretty appropriate from that standpoint. Daniel Markham is a lifelong Catholic who lives in Tinley Park, Illinois, with his wife, Kem. He is a parishioner of St. Gerald Parish in Oak Lawn, which is really just a couple of miles from where I grew up in hometown Illinois. So welcome again to the show, Daniel.
2: Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Enjoyed our conversation uh, back uh, what, about uh, 14, 15 months ago and uh, and yeah.
1: delighted to be back talking to you again. When we first talked, you were about halfway through the project. About halfway. Through, yeah. You were visiting Our Lady of the Fields in Millersville. That was kind of your stop in the Archdiocese of Baltimore. Uh, but you also had another stop that weekend at uh, St. Vincent de Paul in Baltimore. Can you tell us about that, especially your experiences with Deacon Ed Stoops?
2: Oh gosh, it was wonderful. I, you know, the, the opportunities, I, I loved when he had the opportunity to actually not just go to mass, but also to experience what it was I was writing about. So the, the chance to come and, and and go to St. Vincent de Paul on the Friday night for Deacon head's ministry was, was really a great, great opportunity. I mean, I know I, you know, I like the joke, I, you know, if I weren't there, the, the, the gloves would have still gotten passed out. And, you know, so I know I wasn't, uh, you know, uh, instrumental to the operation, but I love being a part of that. I'm a part of my own St. Vincent de Paul conference uh, at my parish, uh, so it's it's something that I, I enjoy doing. But seeing not even so much the way Deacon Ed's ministry, but Deacon Ed's relationships that he built with the the neighbors that came uh, to that was so. Uh, so encouraging, so, so uplifting. Uh, they, these were his friends. They were not people he was, you know, he, he, he met and, and, you know, forgot about, uh, you know, an hour later, these, these were people that he truly, uh, got to know, learned their stories, uh, shared with them and, and truly, uh, you know, saw Christ in in each and every one of them. And uh, that was really the highlight of it was just seeing how they they together responded to each other uh, was was truly special. And it was, you know, a testament to the, you know, his commitment for 30 years that, you know, these are just, you know, people that he would see once and and be done with. He these were these were people that he considered his friends.
1: Yeah. And he got you write in the book that he got started in that actually inspired by his daughter.
2: By his daughter. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So what, what was the, the background on that?
2: Yeah. Well, it was odd. It was a, uh, she was watching TV, the TV news. And they, they said it was a, uh, it was going to be the coldest night uh, of the the winter. And, you know, she, you know, they were collecting blankets uh, down at city hall for, uh, you know, for, for people who might need it. And she gathered up a bunch and got some from her friends and drove up and got to city hall. And they said, well, yeah, just storm over there. We'll, We'll pass them out in the morning, and she thought that was kind of odd. That you know, it's tonight that it's going to be really cold. So, so she just drove around the city, and and when she saw people handing them out, oh, uh, so people she would she would hand them out, um, and she did that for a couple of weeks, and then eventually they picked a one of the one of the neighbors that she had encountered said, you know, if you pick a spot, we'll we'll come to you. And and that was kind of the origin of it. And Deacon Ed's wife uh, basically said, "You need to you need to go with her." And, and and you know, and and then and then he just basically took the reins from
1: there. And and uh, he's been doing it forever since. That's great. So, what were the impressions you took away? One of the the neat things I like about the book, and and as as these were blog posts, as you were going along the way, was that you would say, "Here's what I experienced," and then you'd give some kind of impression of what you know what came out of that what were the impressions you took away from your visit to St. Vincent de Paul in Baltimore and our lady of the fields in millersville two very different parishes
2: yeah i mean obviously the you know St. Vincent de Paul is a you know kind of that you know tr- maybe i don't know if you traditional uh inner city uh small uh numbers of of people at the parish but very active uh very active in the community i mean it's it's ba- it's it's a parish whose whose life exists outside its walls Oddly enough, I had I had I had been in that neighborhood uh, before prior to that because my son went to school in Baltimore. Uh, and so we actually got and stayed at the hotel right next door to it. So I, I was familiar with Vincent Ball before I actually went there. And then um, our later the fields is is kind of like my home parish, you know, uh, maybe a little smaller than than mine. But, you know, that that suburban kind of comfortable parish. And but but Deacon Ed made it, you know, he, you know, he brings what, what he's doing in Baltimore back home. And they, they've responded. I mean, they, they've, you know, uh, St. Ball doesn't have a kitchen. So, you know, a lot of the the parishioners at, at Our Lady of the Fields will do a lot of the prep work on the, you know, and, and, and making the food and, you know, and then his weekly updates in the bulletin of his, of his mission. And when I was in Seattle, I did something similar, uh, with a ministry there. And I mentioned Deacon Ed's, contributions to the bulletin. And one of the people that I was, I was with, she was just so excited. And she said, can we do that? You know, and asked, you know, I would love to do that because, uh, you know, it really brings home what is being done and and, and in such a warm way uh, to the people um, you know, at his home parish and 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 so I, I I don't know if she ever did I, I didn't check out their bulletins, but she she really was excited about the possibility of of doing that for for her parish in in
1: Seattle. Your a little Johnny Appleseed planting things all over.
2: Yeah. And, I, and I, yeah, I, I wanted to do that. I wanted to be able to, I hope that people when they read it, you know, could see, Hey, that's something we can do at our parish. That's, that's a, that's a ministry that we could, you know, we could start, or that that's, that's an, a population we're not serving well, or, uh, you know, Hey, how are they doing this? Because we struggle with keeping our kids uh, in, in religious education past confirmation and, and engage with the faith. So, you know, the more that, other people could take from, you know, from some of these, uh, some of these stories, some of these ministries. Uh, oh, I, it's wonderful. I mean, I think that's that's what I, I really hope that people would be able to take take away from that and, and apply it um, to their own parishes, their own diocese, their own lives, uh, as the case
1: may be. <laughs> Remind us of what originally motivated you to come up with this project, and then the follow-up question, of course, is: Did the did the end result meet your expectations? What
2: motivated me? I was uh, it, I was simply driving along. Um, I dropped off my youngest son off at high uh, high school soccer practice. He went to a Catholic high school in Northwest Indiana. I was reminded of this little parish that my oldest son and I had attended, um, that was uh, built by Lithuanian immigrants, and my oldest son loves to. Uh, um served the world actually now he's uh in Tanzania as a refugee resettlement officer, um, doing that kind of work. So that's always been his uh his his kind of passion. And I, I this the idea just came to me. And I, I like that I, you know, I think initially I thought it was mine, but I came to realize that it was not, <laughs> that I was, you know, just basically being called to do this. And and so I basically said yes. I think that's you know that's the most important thing is that I I was called to do it. And I said, yes. And, and as a result of that, everything is different. <laughs> it was, it was the experience of a lifetime. I mean, I knew it was going to be great and exceeded every expectation I had. Uh, I still, I miss it. Uh, I miss meeting people and, and going to mass and meeting new people and going to new parishes and hearing new voices. There was so much to it in, in, in so many ways, it was uh it was just um it was spiritually enriching. it was intellectually stimulating. uh it was fun. uh there was uh you know, there were just so many I, I just had so many wonderful conversations with people. um I learned so much from from priests and and lay people alike uh in in so many different ways that I felt uh, like a different person when I was done. And I still feel that way. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I still, I, I think I don't. I haven't lost it, which is which is one of the things that you know that I, I guess I most feared. You know, as as I move further away, but I don't think I have. I feel more at peace
1: than I ever have in my life. That's great. Quickly before we take a break, uh, but was it tiring? Or I mean, were there times when you said, "This is too much. I'm going to give up"?
2: No, not not at all. It, it was so. Uh, I I just think I think uh, the Eucharist has. Uh, the power to gives one strength, gives one uh, uh, an almost an unlimited capacity to to move forward. And so I never was. Uh, I, I I drove for hours on end, and I it it didn't bother me. I I, I wasn't hungry or thirsty. I I really was completely satisfied uh, throughout the process. And so I I never got tired of it. I never you know. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't care for the price of gas, but uh, but other than that, uh, I, I had no no complaints whatsoever.
1: Yeah. The Eucharist, the ultimate food for the journey. There you go. It really
2: <laughs> is. Yes, yes.
1: Good. Well, after the break, we're going to talk some more with Daniel Markham about his fifty-two Masses journey. This is Chris Gunty, and you're listening to Catholic Review Radio.
3: Catholic News from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with the Catholic Review. Dr. Timothy E. Trainer, who helped boost enrollment and recently launched a capital campaign, plans to retire as president of Mount St. Mary's University in Emmitsburg in the summer of 2024. Trainer, the 26th president of the Frederick County University, announced his retirement plans March 15th. Since he became president in 2016, enrollment at Mount St. Mary's has risen by more than 12% to more than 2,000 full-time students. In February, the school launched the public phase of a $50 million capital campaign that will boost its STEM programs, refurbish campus facilities, add two master's programs, and bolster its athletic teams. The retired Brigadier General and former Dean at the United States Military Academy, West Point, also helped the university attract its largest freshman class in 2020. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. Four years after a devastating fire, the date of the reopening of Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris has been set for December 8, 2024 at 11.15 a.m. The reopening date is a significant one for Catholics, as December 8th marks the Solemnity of the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary. For more on this story, visit CatholicReview.org. Loyola University, Maryland, Sellinger School of Business and Management has named William J. McCarthy, Jr., Executive Director of Catholic Charities of Baltimore, as the 2023 Business Leader of the Year. The award honors business executives who embody Loyola's Jesuit commitment to community and service in the leadership of their organizations. McCarthy will be honored at Loyola's annual Business of the Year dinner in November. At Catholic Charities, McCarthy oversees more than 80 programs at 200 locations throughout Maryland. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. From the newsroom of the Catholic Review, I'm George Matisek. Remember the spirit of your parish community, the power of worshiping together, the warmth of friends, new and old, who share your faith. Join us for Mass this weekend. Visit archbelt.org to find a Catholic parish near you. Feel the joy. Every child enters the world with limitless potential. Potential of mind. Potential of body. Potential of spirit. If there was only a place where that potential could be nurtured and challenged every day, where the limits of greatness, once unseen, could now be within reach, Catholic schools rise above.
0: This is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio.
1: We're back on Catholic Review Radio. This is Chris Gunty, and I'm talking with Daniel Markham about his book, detailing his quest to attend Mass in all 50 states, plus the District of Columbia and Puerto Rico. The book is called 52 Masses, A Journey to Experience Catholicism Across America. Now, originally, your target was to do this in about a year. It took about 14 months, you said? A little, little over a year, yeah. COVID, I think, had had an effect on that for sure. <laughs> What's the most impressive site you saw on the journey?
2: You mean in terms of, of the, the facility or. Uh, Well, either, either or. Oh, I, I the most, yeah. St. Augustine, Florida. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, uh, you know, the cathedral's beautiful. The, uh, the site where basically, you know, both American civilization and the Catholic church got started at pretty much simultaneously, uh, Um, And just the way the community embraces that history um, would, you know, would probably make that um, the most impressive uh, Mm -hmm. location for, uh, from, from the, from the perspective of, of the faith.
1: Yeah. You also got a chance to meet some uh, unusual people. What are your general impressions about the church in the United States that you got from worshiping at all these various churches, big and small, urban and rural all across the country?
2: Uh, You know, it's, and I and I would say this a few times. Uh it's a wonderful thing. We're we're the universal church. We cover every age, every demographic, you know, every race, ethnicity. Um and yet we are all uh unified by our our, our shared faith. And it's it's a I love I'm I'm someone who likes diversity in the sense of I you know I like the fact that I could go into uh you know a Latin mass or a Novus Ordo mass and, and, and enjoy both. I, I'm not, you know, I, I, I like, uh, or, or the Eastern church and, and experience like that experience of seeing, you know, the, you know, the Melkite church. Um, So I like that element of, of life. <laughs> and so this was, uh, you know, a great uh opportunity to meet all sorts of people in all sorts of places. And, you know, but knowing that everywhere I went, you know i could you know every church i stepped into i knew i was getting the mass mm-hmm. and there's just something so uh, beautiful about about that that wherever you go on the planet the mass is is at the is at the heart of catholic life and you know there may be slight variations but but you know you don't have to speak the language uh you don't have to know any of the cultural uh you know uh, have it, you're still going to get the mass right at the center of it. And it's a beautiful thing.
1: Yeah. I've had that same experience, you know, attending mass in, in a lot of different countries. And I remember one mass in Luxembourg and I went and, and it was weird because there there were like individual chairs for each person to sit in and some were facing the front and some were facing the, the back of the church. And I couldn't quite figure it out until I realized that what they were doing was you would sit on the chair for the readings And then when it was time for the consecration, you would turn the chair around and kneel on it, which meant that it was at a height that was kind of between where we would normally put a or and where we would normally put a chair. Yeah. Well, that meant that it was really not a good height for either of those things, (laughs) but it was an experience of church that I had never had before. And I think that's what you're, what I'm hearing you saying is that you've had some of those kinds of experiences of church that you never had before.
2: Yeah. And I think like I, I, I mentioned this, I was at the, uh, uh, a parish in Rhode Island and they, they have a Nigerian community or, or a, a West African community. And they, at, after, after bringing up the gifts, they, they were, they were bringing up stacks of big giant rolls of toilet paper and, and, uh, you know, big case of water. And it, it looked odd to my Western eyes. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards they explained that in, in Nigeria, uh, they would often bring fruit or or vegetables that they had grown to the priest. And mm-hmm. that was, you know, that was what they had to give as a gift. So when they brought when they came to Rhode Island, they basically continued that tradition, but they don't, they're not they're not raised, they're not farmers. They live in right. in Providence, Rhode Island, you know, a f- f- pretty urban area. So, but that was their their connection to that homeland tradition. And it was so nice when you get to see the, you know, we, when you see that thing that you don't really understand, and then you get the explanation and you're like, oh, wow, that's neat. I like that. That makes sense. It makes sense. And so, you know, getting that opportunity to know to experience that's that something new is is always uh always a
1: treat i think (laughs) yeah so i you visited dillingham alaska and i know that was (laughs) that presented its own challenge was that the hardest place to get to or oh yeah for sure (laughs) yeah uh yeah it was uh and i i went from there to hawaii so i i i
2: did kind of cut out a a long flight yeah Uh, but yeah, i had to fly to anchorage then fly to dillingham um would you know and there's only like one flight a day into Dillingham yeah. maybe two I think now but or I guess in the summer there's two for the fishermen um and and you don't you know there's only you know you can't drive from Dillingham anywhere I mean it's just you know it's so it's it's isolated so I, and I spent about five days there with uh Father Scott uh graciously opened the rectory to me for you know for a for a very long stretch uh and uh uh, but had a a, a a great time there. Uh, uh, I think did one of the readings at mass for him. So, uh, uh, um, you know, had a small community there. And, and then we, and we uh, uh, flew to one of the communities
1: that he has to, you know, fly to in his plane. So, <laughs> yeah, in the in the old west, it would have been priests on horseback, you know, going from parish to parish or church to church. I get in Alaska, it's they're flying. They're flying. Yeah, that's uh, that's the only way they're getting there. Making the circuit. Yeah. Of all the places you visited, did you have a favorite?
2: Um. I, honestly, the my favorites were the ones where I didn't have expectations. So, you know, it was a story that I didn't really know where it was going to go. Um, and, uh, you know, and then it turned out to be something that, you know, was just so wonderful now it tended to be where i spent the more, most time i tended to like the most yeah. um but like a place like I, uh, cottonwood idaho mm-hmm. uh was this neat little catholic oasis in uh in in the in in an otherwise Non-Catholic state, but they had they had a, a beautiful monastery there, the only one in the state. There's two Catholic high schools in in Idaho, one in Boise, as you would imagine, and one in Cottonwood, which is like the 98th largest town in the in the state. It's just it's just this wonderful Catholic community. It was just a wonderful time, and I couldn't put my, necessarily put my finger on why. I just I didn't want to leave, and that was you know so. I think the ones that I, you know, I didn't have any expectations going in um, often tended to stick with me a little longer just because, you know, everywhere was great. But the ones that those those were the pleasant surprises, I think, are the ones that uh, I, I, I recall. I recall kind of most fondly.
1: <laughs> yeah. Did you track? Did you log your miles? I mean, did, how many miles was it? I didn't, uh, I didn't, I didn't log them. I would, based on what my
2: car was, when I started and what I ended. it was probably about 45,000, I think miles wow. is what I, I probably put on the car. I made three trips out West. No, I guess I made four trips out West. Cause I, I had to do one last one to, uh, uh, Yellowstone national park. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the, the fourth one, but I did, you know, uh, um, four, you know, to the, you know, from my home to, you know, to the, I guess almost the Pacific times, so, but you know, yeah. Uh, so that was, yeah, there was uh that was, it was, it was quite a bit.
1: <laughs> what did you learn about your own spirituality and your own faith? Um, I, I, I think the
2: thing that, that I, I most understood was that mass is not an obligation. It's an opportunity. It's every time we, we walk in there, if we walk in with, and and open ourselves up completely, what we get out of it is extraordinary. And I think that maybe we have a tendency to not, you know, to not, to not fully open ourselves up because of, you know, everything else that, that occupies our minds um, over the course of a given week. And I felt like when, you know, when I was on this this trip this this journey i was at my most receptive to the beauty of the mass and that you know by doing so what i got out of it was immensely more than than what i you know i probably i probably limited myself in the past um more than than i do now Um, and I think that's, you know, uh, I guess that's, that's, that's what I would, I would say is, you know, I, I think I, I, by doing this, I opened myself up to, to everything that the mass has to offer. Uh, and I was rewarded thusly.
1: That's a great way to think about it. That mass is not an obligation, but an opportunity. So I I remember a friend of mine who was a, a convert and he said, his kids would ask him, well, why do we have to go to mass? And he goes, I'm a convert. I like going to Mass. Ask your mother why you have to go to Mass. He said, but I want to go to Mass. (laughs) So, uh, but it sounds like you had a great experience over over the course of the time. We have been talking today with Daniel Markham about his journey to attend 52 Masses in every state plus the District of Columbia and Puerto Rico over the course of a little over a year. The book he wrote about it is called 52 Masses, A Journey to Experience Catholicism Across America, and it's published recently by Peregrino Press. You can also get more information at 52masses.com. That's 52masses.com. Thank you so much for being with us today, Jan. We really appreciate it, and we're glad your journey was successful.
2: Well, thank you, Chris. I enjoyed talking to you again, and and yes, it very very
1: much was. (laughs) Great. This is Chris Gunty of The Catholic Review, and you've been listening to Catholic Review Radio. Tune in to us next week. The Catholic
3: Review is the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the Catholic Church full-time. Pick up the monthly magazine at your parish or have it delivered to your home. Subscribe to our e-newsletter for twice-weekly updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Follow The Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Read it today in print or online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org.
1: Tune in to Catholic Review Radio next week. Available on WMET 1160 AM and 103.1 FM. Also, WSJF 92.7 FM in the Sykesville area and WVTO 92.7 FM in Baltimore City. Check us out on SoundCloud or your favorite podcast app.
0: Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Review Radio. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May Almighty God bless us and keep us always in his love.